Welcome into the Claptrap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. All right, welcome into another episode of the Claptrap. We have the Friday episode wrapping up the week in sports. New England sports specifically. Going to get into some, you know, maybe other NFL topics, but mostly it's just going to be all about our teams. And it starts off with the Patriots, who unfortunately their season is over uh, after losing to the Buffalo Bills in in what I was surprised to say was a competitive and somewhat close matchup. Uh, I mean, the absolute brutal kick while you're down kind of thing was the second kick return touchdown that the Bills had in this game. I mean, you have two kick return touchdowns. The first one to start off the game. Uh, I mean, it was said by, I believe it was Jim Nance calling the game, uh, you know, right out the gate storybook, right? I, I mean, how, how do you, how do you, as the Patriots, how do you give up that kick return as the Bills? How do you get any better of a start uh, after the DeMar Hamlin, every, that whole entire situation? And luckily, uh, everything is going good, it seems, with him. He was transferred back to Buffalo. He's been, I believe, released now from a hospital in Buffalo and is now going to continue his re- rehab and everything like that going forward. So that is amazing. But when you talk, when you talk about the game, I, I mean, sometimes – that is the funny thing about sports. It's almost like, you know, things happen because somebody knows. The the sports guys, the the higher-ups uh, in in uh, when it comes to crazy sports events. I, I don't understand it. So you come out, you let that kick return go. You're in that game. You end up outscoring the team. I, at one point, it would have been 17-3 to Patriots if it wasn't for kick return touchdowns. Uh, that second one, by the way, we got, we got to talk about this for a second. I know I had harped on miles Bryant earlier in the season and at different times in the season. And and last year he was honestly like my favorite new player, miles Bryant loved him last year, effort, the little guy, little role, but was able to do some crazy things, uh, for his size and his skill and everything like that this year. Once again, bigger role started off with the special team side of things got taken out of that role because Marcus Jones emerged as such a beast not only on special teams but also was good enough to help on defense and offense as well so you took Miles Bryant away in that role but he was still in that kind of slot corner position had a, a good uh, you know role on that defense and on special teams and in that second kick return there was an absolute i i I don't want to say that I know everything that happened on the play. I don't I don't know if maybe he had gotten hit right before. Maybe he's a little tired. I don't know what it was. I can't really give him anything, though, because it was a blatant, what looked like blatant missed tackle to me by Miles Bryant around the, you know, what would have been the Bills 40-yard line, 45-yard line. He was still making his way back. Maybe it was actually the 35-yard line. Uh, so it would have been a solid tackle in a good spot, and the Patriots would have been able to keep rolling. But instead, you're sitting there, you're up 17-14, to 14, the Patriots, and you give up that kick return to immediately go down 21-17. to 17, And from then on out, it just felt like it was such an uphill battle that there was no chance that the team was going to be able to come back. Uh, I, there was obvious moments where Josh Allen was just hucking it down the field, and he looked like the Josh Allen that dominates the Patriots. 
at all times, it seems. But then there was other moments where the defense was stepping up. You obviously had that first interception for Josh Allen against the Bills in over 180 throws or something ridiculous like that. He had the record for the most throws against a specific team without throwing an interception. He had the the current record or the longest holding uh, you know, player against another team at that time, throws an interception. So things were going the Patriots' way, right? The offense looked good. Mac Jones was nine for nine on play action passes for a hundred and I forget what the stat was. I was reading this. Here it is. He was nine for nine on play action passes for 92 yards, 10 and a half yards per attempt. And he had a touchdown. Would have been nice to have that kind of play calling throughout the entire season, Matt Patricia, but we do it at the very end of the year. It works out really well. And all of a sudden uh, the team looked competent on the offensive side of the ball. All right, it's time for our first break, but when we come back, we'll have more of the Claptrap here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and talking all about the end of the Patriots season. Let's get back to it. It was a little too late. You know, this team, obviously, from everything that had happened in the year, you can't say that they deserve to have a playoff spot for sure. You know, certainly there were some moments throughout the season where it could have gone one way or the other. I'm talking right at the beginning of the year with the Dolphins game. That was a winnable game. You had a game against the Green Bay Packers where you went into overtime. You had a game against the Vikings. You had a game against the Bengals. Obviously, that Raiders game where you just completely tossed it away, those all could have gone your way. But then you could also talk about the fact that against the Cardinals, they immediately lost Kyler Murray. There were some other major games that, you know, one or two things could have gone one way or the other. And all of a sudden, the Patriots are losing those games. So to say that you, as a Patriots fan, feel as though they deserved a playoff spot, I don't think that there's many, if any, people out there who are saying that. Sure, it would have been nice to get there. Sure, it would have been nice to continue that you know, last year you made it to the playoffs. I guess technically you were a playoff team. Absolutely, you absolutely got your doors blown off by the Bills. This year it would have felt a little bit better if you had found a way to sneak in after that Bills. But the performance that they put up against the Bills, I would have been very happy with where things were at. Even if they, you know, and and they did lose the game to the Bills, and you're eight and nine. If things had fallen your way, you had put up that good of an effort against the Bills after almost beating a Bengals team who was also considered a top tier team in the AFC. I would have liked to see what they could have done in the first round of the playoffs. Sure, you probably would have just had to go right back and play the Bills. That's how it ended up playing out. So you most likely would have once again lost. But you're showing that you can start kind of being competitive with the Bills. You're figuring them out. Uh, yes, they are banged up in the secondary specifically. No shocker there. Obviously, DeMar Hamlin, among other injuries, has been a problem for the Bills. But you were able to be in that game. You were able to score on that team. You were able to move the ball, not only running, but passing. It was nice to see. I was happy to see that. Obviously, the special teams really let you down at the end of the day. Two kick return touchdowns. That doesn't happen. That never happens. Naheem Hines. Uh, that was a great trade for the Bills, I guess. It got them that win specifically. So I, it was a it was a brutal loss. Uh, but the Patriots didn't deserve to be in that playoffs or this playoffs. They didn't deserve it. If they had gotten in there, I would have felt okay with it, like I said, because of how they played. But they didn't deserve it. You can't say that they deserved it. So that's no shocker. I'm not. I'm not breaking any news with that take right there. Everyone feels that same way. I'm sure at this point. Uh, and and it's over now. You, you got to move on to next year. We're going to have more cap room for this team. You have 
what seems to be a a decent enough team to build on, right? You have a defense that not only has some good players are in it already. Yes, you're going to lose Devin McCourty, but it already has players that are going to be able to stick around. Matt Judon leading the way. And Uche, guys like that are starting to produce. Jack Jones, even though he got injured, he seems to be a solid player. Marcus Jones also seems like he can be somewhat of a reliable, maybe slot corner. He's fast enough. He, they've been putting him on other teams at the end of the year. They were putting him on their number ones with safety help over the top, that kind of thing. So he was doing that role. We'll see if he's going to be able to continue going. Kyle Duggar is obviously starting to prove himself as really being a legitimate threat as a as a safety and a, a great tackler. He had multiple touchdowns this year. Uh, th this team has Christian Barmore. This team has linebackers that are starting to find their own way. Uh, Tavai is, is out of nowhere, been a very solid, serviceable linebacker for this team. So I'm happy with the direction that the defense is going. I think that they've had some good drafts. Bill has had some good drafts these last couple of seasons to kind of keep bolstering, bringing in some new, fresh blood. So I'm happy with the direction of that. The offense, the play calling was terrible. We all know that. But you saw glimpses of Mac Jones still being able to do the damn thing and throw the ball where it needs to be. He was able to make some accurate passes. You saw some good plays, like I said, against the Bills. You saw some good plays over these last couple of weeks where he's felt or he's looked a little more confident and comfortable in the pocket. The offensive line is a problem. We need to address that. That's the major thing on the offensive side of things. I think that we still have a good amount of weapons here, but obviously we still need more. It's time to move on from John, John Smith. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's a horrible contract for the team. It's time to move on from, uh, you know, Aguilar, if you can, those types of contracts there. Please keep Kendrick Bourne uh, and, and involve him in the team more next year because you saw, once again, every single time that guy gets out on the field and they actually throw him the ball. He's, he's, he's making plays. He's making things happen. He's catching the ball. And, and it seems as though Mac loves him as a target. So he's another one. Keep him and keep it going. And we have to change the offensive coordinator, right? We have to change what this team is going to do going forward with its play calling, with everything else on the offensive side of the ball. All right, it's time for our second break of the show. But when we come back, we'll continue that thought and more here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. Okay, we're back again with more of the claptrap talking about the Patriots and the things that they need to change with the team. And the craziest thing of all of it is the Patriots have actually already come out and make a state made a statement that they're going to do that. It's 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 this is unprecedented stuff. This is stuff that you do not see on a year-to-year -year basis from the New England Patriots. The fact that they have actually made a statement after a postseason meeting between Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, they have made a statement now, the Patriots, that they are not only aggressively trying to re-sign and extend Jared Mayo, uh, Gerard Mayo, to a contract. I'm assuming maybe they're going to – well, I, I guess I'm not assuming this. Uh, they're going to keep him in a specialty role. 
I don't know if they're going to give him the defensive coordinator role. I would assume that he wants that because it's going to start building his resume towards his ultimate goal, which is becoming a head coach. So go out there, especially after how good this defense looked. You can give me all the stats about or or the, the thoughts of like, oh, they only beat bad quarterbacks and things like that. But once again, like I said, they were in it against some top tier quarterbacks and able to possibly win those games if you got a little bit more from the offense. So the defense has still looked great no matter what, in all these games. And if Jared Mayo, Gerard Mayo, can put his name, his stamp on that defense, of course, everyone's still going to say, you know, Bill is running the show. But if he can put his name on there as a defensive coordinator, that's going to build a huge part of his resume for going forward to another team. I'm happy that they're putting out the the notion that they are trying to go after Mayo and keep him on this staff. I think that he is important for this team. I think that he is great with the players. He's a player's coach and he's obviously been there before. He's done it. He's been to the peak. So you want to keep those players around, those guys around, because that's who everyone is going to respect. The players nowadays respect a heck of a lot more the guy that they know has been there, the guy that they can go and look up highlight tapes of. That's the guy that the new kids are respecting the most right now. Sure, they have the respect for Belichick and the greats, the guys that they know, but it's much easier to gain respect for the new talent that's coming into this league if you are a former player. That's obvious. That's That's been proven over the last five, ten years. That's how players are responding to things. But it's still, it's crazy to me it's crazy to everyone in New England sports media that the Patriots actually came out, made an actual statement talking about trying to bring back Mayo and more. Here's the official statement. I'll just read it real quick for you here. The New England Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick have begun contract extension discussions with Gerard Mayo that may keep him with the team long term. In addition, the team will begin interviewing for offensive coordinator candidates beginning next week. So not only are you getting a a push towards getting Mayo back on this team, continuing for a long term extension, you're also going out there and looking for an offensive coordinator, exactly what everybody has been screaming and slamming their head up against the walls about for the entire season. Get rid of Matt Patricia from the play calling position. And I have been saying this for a while now. I never thought that they're going to get rid of Matt Patricia or Joe Judge. They're just going to shift them a little bit, move their focus to somewhere else, okay? You were never the actual offensive coordinator, either one of you, so go specialize over here. Be the offensive line coach. Be the quarterback coach. Be the wide receiver guy. Whatever you're going to be, continue learning different aspects of the offensive side of the ball but you're not going to have any play calling abilities. You're not going to be the big one in charge who's going to be the quarterbacks looking to you for what we're going to do next. We're going to bring somebody in to do that instead, whether it's going to be a Bill O'Brien or if they go out there and get crazy and go after a Cliff Kingsbury, somebody like that, or it's going to be somebody that we're not even thinking of, which is most likely the case. Remember, it's always going to be the guy that you're not even thinking of, whether it's a draft prospect or a coaching candidate. Remember that when you're thinking about the Patriots. It's just good to be in a spot where the team is actually trying to put the fans at ease. It's surprising. It's not something that we're used to. Normally, it's just all ho-hum. Belichick's going to come up to the, the, the mic, give you a couple of snorts, a horrible sound bite, and he's going to tell you that we're looking into next year. Oh, we have the team right now. 
We're just looking forward towards next year, that kind of thing. But instead, we get a full press release from the team, from Robert Kraft. And I got to believe that it comes from Robert Kraft mostly, right? At the end of the day, we all have to assume that Kraft came down or more likely was like, Bill, get your ass up here to the the, uh, owner's box. I'm going to talk to you real quick. Here's what's going to happen. We need to move on from Matt Patricia play calling. That's pretty clear. And Bill was like, all right, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right, even though we almost made the playoffs. But, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, And now they're going to actually do that. Okay, time for another break. But when we come back, we'll have more of the Claptrap here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and talking all about the Patriots right now and the major changes that they need to do. So let's get back to it. So I'm glad that Robert's stepping in. He sees what's happening. I'm sure Bill does too. Let's not act like Bill doesn't see what's happening. And we all always make fun of and point out the fact that obviously Bill Belichick is the only really coach, real coach on the staff. And a lot of people want to talk about the fact that it's because he wants to make all the money and then the other guys can get lesser dollars. That's why he's not having a coordinator right now, but he can tell that it has put such a strain on the overall team this year that he knows he needs to make a change. He knows he needs to go out there and get some help specifically on the offensive side. He knows that. He thought that he could do it himself. He thought that he could throw his buddy, a couple of his buddies in there, and they could make it all work, and his defense would be good enough and all that. But he's realized that that's not the case. And as a good coach would do, if something's not working, you change it about your team. So that's what he's doing. Whether it's because of a heavy-handed Robert Kraft comment to his ear or whatever it is, he's making the changes. The Patriots are making changes, and that has to make you feel good as a Patriots fan. We usually don't get that. We usually don't get a coach or a statement from the team being like, yes, we are changing things. Yes, we've heard everybody. We know what's going on. We've heard it and we've seen it ourselves. We are getting rid of certain people from certain roles and moving forward, trying to bring in new candidates. That's where we're at right now with the Patriots. It's got to be, you know, for all the people who jump ship, for all the haters, all that kind of stuff, at least they're doing the right thing. At least they're saying they're going to do the right thing. Now's the next step where you got to actually prove it. But that is a good start to everything. And I'm happy once again that Mayo is going to be involved in it. I think that I originally wanted Josh McDaniels to be the next head coach of the team. But obviously that's not going to be the case now that he left and went to the Raiders. I still would have wanted him to be the next head coach of this team, bring this team into the future But now, if there's some way for them to get a long-term extension with Gerard Mayo, maybe Mayo's the next candidate. Can you? I I can believe it. If he comes in and gets a defensive coordinator role on this team next year with a long-term extension, you got to think that a part of that conversation, part of that contract negotiation, was talking about the future of having head coaching possibilities on the horizon. Right. Bill is obviously we all know he's getting towards the end of his career. He's trying to break Shula's record. He's trying to reinvigorate this team. He's trying to make another winner. But once that's all done, once he's broken the record and he's getting up towards, you know, 80 years old. I mean, we're going to be 75 by the time that Bill he'll be 75 by the time this team is really turning things around. It looks like 
uh, at this point, unless major, you know, major changes do happen, which who knows, maybe next year we can be much better than they were. They were not that far off, not that far off here. A few things here and there. And all of a sudden we're a playoff team once again. So if he can be involved, if Gerard Mayo, the future looks bright for this Patriots team. And that's all that matters right now. You're at the end of a tough, tough seat. I mean, we're happy that it's over in all honesty. I'm I'm kind of happy that it's over. We can move on to next year. Yes, we wanted this year to be successful. Yes, we wanted them to make the playoffs if possible. But now we're past it. Now we just have to see what happens in the in the playoffs. Not that it really matters to us at all. And we'll see what rooting interests all the Patriots New England fans have at this point. I'm sure a lot of them will be rooting for Tom Brady. I don't think that that's going to work out for you, but it could happen. Who knows? I'm just happy, once again, I can't say it enough. I've said it a a bunch of times now, but I'm just happy that they're making a change and they're letting us know that they're making a change because now that you put it out there, you have to come through on it, right? You have to. When you put out a statement, now you have to go out there and do something. If you keep talking and and going on and on and, oh, yeah, we're moving on to next year and we're looking into stuff and we're blah, 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 and you're not really giving any answers, then you can worry. Then you can worry as a Patriots fan. We don't know where their heads are at. Are they really going to try and bring Patricia back in for another year and try and do this thing all over again? But now they have made a statement. They are ahead of everything. They know that everyone is freaking out. And all they have to do is go out there, get a new offensive coordinator, shore up that offensive line, maybe get one offensive weapon for Mac. Who knows? I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be available. That would be crazy. I know, I know. That would be crazy. But I'm also seeing things like uh, Deontay Johnson with the Steelers has unfollowed the Steelers on social media and removed the Steelers' affiliation from his bio. So there's going to be wide receivers out there, all I'm saying. Patriots, front office, Bill Belichick. You love DeAndre Hopkins. There was a former Cardinals wide receiver that you loved as well that you never went out there and got for a for a Tom Brady in Larry Fitzgerald that you should have gotten. There is now a new going-to-be former Arizona Cardinals wide receiver that is going to be available via trade and is another player that we have recorded evidence of Bill Belichick loving that player. Literally said it to him. I love you, man. I I love that player. So why don't we go out there and try and get Mac Jones a crazy weapon? Why, why, why not? Why, why can't we do that? So much cap space going into this year. He's got two years remaining on the deal. DeAndre Hopkins does for $30 million or 34 million or something like that. Take that money, take that contract two years only Bill Belichick, get your man a top-tier wide receiver and see what could happen. We've seen it all over the league. Player, coach, or quarterbacks that get a top-tier offensive weapon, specifically a wide receiver, they can take a large jump to a next status of being that top-tier quarterback style. I mean, you saw even a guy like Kirk Cousins when given a Justin Jefferson type, Adam Thielen backup, that he has proven that he can be a very good quarterback with just having those players. And nobody thinks that Kirk Cousins is some kind of world beater, great top 10 type quarterback in the league. But if you give him weapons, all of a sudden he's that much better. Tua Tungavailoa, down in Miami, you give him arguably the best wide receiver duo in Tyree Kill, Scumbag, and Jalen Waddle. all of a sudden Tua is like, 
having this big year, this resurgence, this possible MVP candidate type year. And it's because he can dump it off to some great weapons and make things happen. We're taking another break, but when we come back, we'll have more of the Claptrap after this on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and talking all about how a few weapons could make this team much better, especially on the offensive side. I'm talking the Patriots. Let's get back to it. This can happen around the league. I could keep going. Just Justin Herbert's got two crazy weapons. He's a great. It's helped him progress as a great quarterback. You can go around the league. Uh, Derek Carr got to use Devontae Adams again this or this year, and he was all of a sudden had a top five, top six offense in the entire league, even though he got fired at the end. But whatever. You can see the point. When you bring in a good wide receiver, it's no, it's no secret that is going to help the quarterback. It's pretty obvious. So we have our things that we need to do. The Patriots, the season is over. You went under 500, eight and nine. All the haters have a ton of ammunition against Bill Belichick. This was a tough season. It is all on Bill Belichick. He did it to himself. This is what you get, Bill. And so now you're realizing or you're being shown that, hey, you can't just do it all on your own. Robert's coming down and saying, Bill, it's time to get some help. This is the end of your career. Let's get you to that champ. That's that uh, record, right? Let's break you, John, John, uh, ugh, Shula's record. Let's go out there and also get me a winning football team, Robert Kraft said to Bill Belichick. So we're in a good spot, I think, as good as you can be for a team that just went eight and nine and is about to head into a crucial offseason. So there will be tons of. Big time offseason talk as we keep going. Obviously, the NFL is one of, if not the best league at that, as, as staying at the, the top of the news cycle and free agents and trades and all that kind of stuff will be will be eating it up as this offseason goes. Because this is make or break one of the biggest offseasons in Patriots with Bill Belichick as the head coach history. That's that's how I'm gonna say it. I, that was a mouthful, but this is, this is one of the biggest free agencies, one of the biggest trade possibilities, one of the biggest off-seasons that Bill Belichick has ever had as a head coach for the Patriots, if not the biggest, if not the biggest. Let's do it. Let's get it going. All right. They're not the only team, though, that is going forward and trying to keep getting better. We had some other teams, including last night, the Boston Celtics were playing against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, a great game there. Uh, no Kevin Durant in that one, but you saw Kyrie Irving doing his thing, and they were able to actually stay in that game for the majority of it, I would say. Uh, due large in part to basically Kyrie Irving going for 24 in that one. You also had Harris hitting some three-point shots, Joe Harris there, and then obviously TJ Warren off the bench was a solid one for them, but the, the Celtics were able to take care of business in the fourth quarter. That's where they really kind of held them defensively. Great job by the team overall. Uh, but throughout the throughout the game, the, the Nets were giving them a little bit of a run for their money. I don't know if that's because, once again, they got it in their heads that, oh, Durant isn't playing. We can take the foot off the gas a little bit. I really hope that's not the case. Obviously, like I said, they turned it up in the fourth quarter defensively holding the nets to only 16 points that's how you're going to end up winning a game at the end and that's what we need out of this team obviously having rob williams back has been 
yes, they they had a little bit of a slow start, a speed bump when he got back into the rotation, figuring things out. But now I think that they're starting to hit their stride. They're playing better defense. You got Rob Williams going out, blocking three-point shots, running down the ball all the way up court kind of stuff there. Love to see that once again out of him. Uh, but it's – I don't know. I, I, I wonder, does that team have that thought in the back of its head – Maybe it's only for the regular season, too, and I hope that that's the case. But do they have that thought in the back of their head that there's certain nights that we can take it off? We can take the foot off the gas. Is that still something that's in their head? Is that one of the things that people were clamoring about for having Ime Odoka as the coach of this team? At least Ime could always set them back and 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 just shake them a little bit and be like, hey, you guys, you can't take a night off. You got to be strong here once again. You got to play against this team. I don't know. It, can Joe Missoula do that kind of thing? Can he tell the team to foot, put the foot on the gas pedal? I don't know. Could Ime Odoka have even done that? I don't know. I think that this team all goes off of what Tatum, what Brown, what Marcus Smart, what their attitudes are going into that game. And that does worry me a little bit. I fully believe, though, once you get into the playoffs, it will be fully focused, ready to go every single game in front of them. They, they know what that is, but they certainly have turned into that type of team. It feels like that when the other team doesn't have their best player or they feel like they're going up against a lower-tier talented team overall – they'll maybe play down to their competition. So there are moments that I've seen of that throughout the season, and you got to hope that that is something that they can easily flip the switch and turn over once you get into the playoffs. I believe that that'll be the case. We will remain to see that once once we get to that point in the year. Uh, but happy to see this team once again doing what they had to do to take care of business. Now 31-12 and 12 on the season. First team in the league to get to 30 wins. Uh I mean, they're rolling. They're rolling. But Jason Tatum, I think now after that 20 points last night, maybe he's not averaging. Oh, he still is averaging, I believe, with that calculated in, 30 points a game. There's never been a Celtics player that's averaged 30 points a game in the regular season. Tatum could be the first one to ever to do it. Uh, he's still got his name firmly in that MVP candidate role. Maybe, you know, he's fallen back a little bit since the beginning of the year, but that was to be expected, especially with how good these other teams are doing. So he is a top five candidate, though, for MVP. You have Jalen Brown the other night with a 40-point performance against the Pelicans. That was great. He is getting his name in there as, you know, like a top 25 player in this league. This team is stacked. This team is absolutely stacked. Uh, when it comes down to it, Malcolm Brogdon off the bench is absolutely a revelation of just great basketball. Love being able to see him, the way that he plays, the awkward shot that he has that I still love, but his ability to just move through players with the basketball is great. Uh, Derek White is playing outstanding. You get little bits of spurts out of Peyton Pritchard. The micro, he's become the microwave off the bench. Marcus Smart doing his thing. Grant Williams, Al Horford. This team... Once again, it's finals or bust. Okay, one last break before we end the show. So keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of The Claptrap after this. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and talking more about the Celtics and their chances as a finals team. Here we go. 
and and the Nets don't scare me whatsoever, even though they kind of kept it close in this one and they didn't have Durant. I get that. They still don't scare me whatsoever. That's not the team anymore that I feel like they could have been a couple of years ago. Yes, they're a lot better this year and they seem to be gelling a lot more. But as everyone always told me, it's just a matter of time before the dumpster fire shows up. So I have to believe that that's still a possibility with this team. At any moment, Kyrie Irving could do something crazy, pull a Kanye West and blow himself out of that team, and and we could not see the Nets at the end of the season. So who knows about them? I still obviously am a, a afraid of that Bucks team. I think that the the, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be in your way no matter what. With Giannis, he is always going to give you problems. And then I'm still wondering about that Cavs team. Can, can the Cavs be a team that is just built specifically to go toe-to-toe with a, with a Celtics squad. If they get their bench a little bit better, can they go toe-to-toe with a Celtics squad? So I don't really care about the Nets anymore. I used to. I used to think that they were going to be just based on the talent, just like with the Celtics. When they decide to turn it on, they're going to be good. But I don't, I don't feel that anymore. I've been beaten down into submission with that one. And I, I'm just not afraid of them whatsoever. Maybe that'll come back to bite me when we get to the playoffs. I doubt it. But it's the Bucks, it's the Cavs, and nobody else that's in the way of the Celtics getting to the finals. And then as long as they don't play the Warriors, which that could be the case, uh, this feels like it's Celtics. Celtics are bust. Celtics are bust at this point. So happy to see where they are at. And uh, we'll continue to see more from them. Now, the team that... Had an unfortunate thing happen to him yesterday. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, I've got the uh, the TD Garden record behind me. A total of 36-5-3 between both the Celtics and the Bruins. What an outstanding year for both teams at home. But the Bruins finally lost last night in regulation at home for the first time all year. They're now, I believe, 19-1-4, something like that, at home at this point on the season. Crazy. Crazy to think that this team could go that long without losing an actual home game in regulation. And three of those four overtime losses that they had were in shootouts. So if you want to say that that was just cheap, cheap type losses anyways, I would agree with you because I still am one of those types that say deciding a game on a shootout is ridiculous. That's just kind of like a skills challenge. Who's really doing anything there? So they're 19-1-3 and three at home with, once again, at least two of those overtime losses were in shootouts. So, I, I mean, this team is completely unstoppable right now. Shockingly enough, they didn't score any goals last night at home. 3 nothing loss to the Kraken. Uh the worst, uh, I mean, I wouldn't even say it was a bad game for Olmark. I mean, guys saved, what, 28 out of 30 shots in this one. Gave up the, I mean, the empty netter doesn't count towards him, so he still only gave up two goals. This one's got to be completely on the offensive side of the puck. If you can't score any goals whatsoever and your goalie only lets up two, how are you expecting to win? I mean, well, obviously, how are you expecting to win, Zach, if you don't score any goals? But if you can't give any goal support and your goalie only gives up two goals, that's a no chance. That's no way on him. So this one was a tough one overall. I still think that we've gotten to that point where 
If you can just go out there and get somebody who's going to be an even better Brandon Carlo, make yourself get two solid defensive lines, go out there, get a defensive defenseman, somebody who can play legitimate minutes, knows what they're doing. We don't need an offensive guy. You get enough offensive defense out of Lindholm and McAvoy. Go out there and get a better Brandon Carlo, somebody that you can pair with Lindholm and McAvoy, make two separate lines of great defensive pairings. That's what we need to do with this team. And there's nothing really else to talk about with this squad until the trade deadline breaks. Right now, you're so good. You're so dominant. Regardless of this game against the Kraken and how it turned out, you have been you know, skating much better on the offensive side this year while your defense has maintained how good they were last year. You can't say it enough. It's been great. I'm happy about them. We're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. I'm hoping that Don Sweeney is working the phones. I'm going to be looking more and more into possible candidates as we get closer. And that's what I love to talk about, the trade candidates for the Bruins, because that's what make or, makes or breaks the Bruins season, in my opinion. That's what we need. Whether or not this team could go out there and get a couple of extra pieces that are going to push them over the top when it comes down to playoffs. That's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. But 36-5-3 between the Celtics and Bruins at home. Man, what a start. What a start to the year. What a, what a start to the 2022-2023 season for both these teams. It's been fantastic, and it's made it easier to not be as upset about the Patriots, not be as upset about the Red Sox and what they've done. So I've been happy about it. I've been happy about it, and I hope you guys are too. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, we'll be back again next week to talk more about everything going on with them. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL and the, the rest of the teams that are going through the playoffs, what that's going to look like. We'll talk more about the Bruins, more about the Celtics, and maybe some Red Sox stuff too, uh, eventually if they keep or make any more moves going forward. But I hope you guys have a great weekend. We will be back later. See ya. Keep it right here on 90.7 WKKO for more of the Cape's classic alternative.